podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to It's Only A Game. In a week where the Scots book the slots be balling in Berlin, Wilson makes sure that Wales aren't cast away in their group, and England look to assure their MPs are the qualification tonight against the Italians. We're joined by Greg and Dak. How are we doing, lads? Doing well. Yeah, not too bad, Jim. Can't complain, can't complain. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, not too bad, Jimmy. Football cool. aside, uh, uh, things are good. I mean, yeah. we are here for the football, but you know, apart from all the reasons we're here, fine. Absolutely, and we have got a very, yeah. very special guest tonight. We've got Baz from Through Black and White Eyes. How are we doing, Baz? Good, mate. I wouldn't say special. <laughs> Just a guest. Just a guest. Everyone's a special guest. I mean, you've got to be pretty special to come on here. Everyone's because a special. You've agreed, you've agreed to actually come on and, and you know, um, sully your career by coming on here. So, uh, you know, everyone's got to be a bit special. <laughs> I love it. It's a bit like Rochdale National League. It doesn't get any lower than this. Um, but... No, no. I can wrap <laughs> well, yeah. At least you hope not. <laughs> well, yeah. That's the, a... misses of the, York... the misses of the York City fans. Oh, so she really? Oh, we're oh, in the same division. Yeah, we're in the same division. Yeah, got some good memories of um, Booth and Crescent. Is it Kit Kat Crescent? I know no. it is Kit, Kit Kat, Kat Crescent. Crescent. Yeah. It was Booth and Crescent. Is, they've obviously now moved to uh, a new stadium, which yeah. the... They host the rugby at as well. Right. It's quite it's nice, actually. Does look nice. Do want to go to visit at least for a York City or a York City Knights game or a York Valkyrie game? Um, so yeah, no mm-hmm. sound, absolutely brilliant. Um, so Baz, obviously through Black Knight on the rotating dance floor, boys. Absolutely, gotta be done. Gotta Pop be done. World. Yeah. Fantastic. Pop See, world. this is what this is what Dak's here for. He doesn't <laughs> talk about football; he just talks about the nights out. Um, <laughs> just throw shit in there. Pop yeah, world. The worst place to go boozing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pop, pop world is grim. Absolutely. Pop world is grim. There's a good Stone Roses bar up in York, though. That's a that's, yes. a, that's a good. Love going there, there. Yeah. boss. Really nice bar. The Evil Eye Bar as well. Ah, I've never Ooh, been. Shots. Never been. Very good. Right. right, let's end the recording. Talk- I'll meet you up. Right, end the recording. We're going to York. I'll meet you up there in a few hours. Yes, now. National Express, anybody? National Express. Yeah. Biff, uh, Biff, uh, the deck and I to go with the rest of you, but Sam, um, yeah, we'll we'll see you up there soon. Um, yeah, no worries. Right then, so Baz, obviously through black and white eyes. Um, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what what you do. I mean, I think the name fairly hints itself. You know, you're a Newcastle fan. Um, so mm-hmm. tell us a bit about what you do, your content. Um, I've seen a bit of YouTube stuff. Um, just tell us more about yourself and what you do, mate. Yeah, there's there's a few things we do. Uh, we we try to do quite a lot of lives, even though they're difficult to do around work. Uh, look ahead to a game, review a game, do a watch along, try and bang out some latest news, have our opinions on what's going on in the news daily if we can. As me and Gary, Gary's new sort of new. He's he's now basically a co-owner of the channel. Because I needed help, you know, working twelve-hour shifts and overtime and stuff like that. I was, you know, letting it slip a little bit. Uh, but yeah, just just mainly a lot of Newcastle talk, a place where Newcastle fans can come and say what they want, have their opinion, not be slated or you know laughed at. Everyone has their own opinion. Every opinion's different on football. You know, if you 
got a group of lads together in a pub, everyone will have a different opinion on certain topics and you're never going to agree 100% all of the time and that's why I created the channel. Especially because of lockdown. Obviously, I don't know if you guys did it the same. I found that living in York and a lot of my mates are in Newcastle. I couldn't go anywhere. I was like, I want to talk about football. How can I do it? And then I saw on Twitter a few people who have channels. I thought, sod it. I'll give it a go. Why not? And I'm still doing it. Pretty much the same boat we're in. Um, obviously, we started this podcast. For, yeah. any, for any OGs, long-time listeners of the podcast, first of all, congratulations, you made it this far. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, we start this. There's no prizes. The budget doesn't stretch that far, no, I'm afraid. What budget? We're in deficit. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, like, we're like Everton. Um, no, really, we're like Everton. <laughs> That's a tough one. Oh, mate, yeah. Let's not go there. Um but yeah, we're here to talk about Newcastle here. We're talking about something positive this time. And I hear something about us. But um, yeah, no, we start the same thing. Greg and I and brother Matt. Obviously, Dak joined us a little bit later on as we were a guest originally. So um, we started this in 2021. So we're over two and a half years now. So wow. yeah, because of, of podcasts and because of their lockdown, I should say. Just It was just something to do. Yeah. Past the time and there was nothing else to do. Yeah. So yeah. Um, just reading up on the notes here that Greg has so ably assembled for us. I mean, I read here, by the way, that you... Um, <laughs> That you won a ticket in the ballot to see Newcastle PSG. Now, not to say I'm jealous and that yes. any was a jealous. I mean, you've gone ever say only a Tramme or Rochdale fan. And you got a free ticket to watch <laughs> Kylian Mbappe get smacked around. Oh, it um, wasn't it wasn't free. It oh, wasn't well, free. It's, uh, it's, got a ballot, ticket. it's a ballot scheme that we have. Uh, I got a ticket. So basically uh, anyone who's not a season ticket holder, uh, you become a member for a certain fee a month a year, thirty seven pounds I think it was, to be a member. And then any spare tickets that are going you apply to go into a ballot. I think there's about five to 10,000 tickets every match that are free because of all the empty seats that we had when Mike Ashley was in charge. So I put myself in the ballot, managed to get pulled out, and the rest is history. What a night. Yeah, I remember watching that. I don't know about anyone else. Obviously. Hell of a result. Yeah. Oh, it was result. phenomenal. And I mean, if you look at PSG in terms of the caliber of players. I'm not saying Newcastle haven't, but if you look at what PSG try to mm. attract and they've got they've had, who they've had before in previous seasons, and you think, crikey, mm. bloody hell, it was a hell of a game. I, I, what was the what was the atmosphere like, Baz? Was it was it obviously off the off the scale? I know you spoke on the re- recent <coughs> stream with the um, American fans. Mm. Yes, uh, for me, it was the second best atmosphere I've ever been in. Uh, nothing will ever top my United 5-0 when we walked them at St James's Park. I was only 15. That atmosphere of 36,000 fans that day was absolutely electric, especially after we got stuff 4-0 on the Charity Shield. So it, it was close. I mean, the flags were absolutely outstanding. They knock it out of the park every time they do something. Crowd-funded, not club-funded as well, so we all chip in when we can. Uh, when the Champions League theme came on, I had a tear in my eye. I really did because it was that long since I'd last been to a Champions League game. And the guy standing next to us did the most Geordie thing ever. I just turned to him and said, that was emotional. He just whacked me on the back three times and gave me a nod. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's what I came for. <laughs> Fantastic. I thought you were going to say he took his shirt off. Well, Maybe was that as well. No, that. He, he, he wasn't fat enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So you've had um, you've had a decent start, Baz. I think is it are you, un, are you unbeaten in seven? Is that right in all competitions? Yeah, you've obviously had the. Yeah, we've, uh, yeah. had a very very tough start to the season. Uh, could have been better if not the Liverpool result, which really hurt. 
Uh, shouldn't have lost that game. Shouldn't have, but should have won it, to be honest. It's always them, isn't it? Liverpool fans will say different, though, won't they? Uh, yeah. They played a perfect game plan against 10 men. That was the problem. Kept themselves in the game and then sucker punched us twice in the, in the last five minutes. You know, you add those three points onto our total, we'd be in the top four. That's how close it is this season at yeah. the moment, the way the league's shaping. We got absolutely hammered at Brighton. No excuses whatsoever. They were superb that day. Uh, but since that result, we've gone on and, and really uh, hammered them. Penalty to England. Uh, so, yeah, so we've, we've won all those games in a row. We've beat Man City in the Carabao Cup. Fantastic result. We've got Man United in the next round. Can't wait for that. We've beat PSG. You know, we've beat Sheffield United 8-0. I know it was only Sheffield United, and that's what people say. But how many teams win a game in a season 8-0? Not many. So we put them to the sword that day. Uh the West Ham result, again, one of those ones, if we hadn't let it slip in the in the last five minutes, you know, those extra two points and the three points against Liverpool, we, we literally could be title challengers. But we're not. We're doing really well and we're still happy in eighth and progressing in the cup competitions. It's amazing. It's interesting that you look at the... I was just looking at your fixtures of, of the last five, six, seven. Mm. You've you obviously got the nil-nil with Milan, but that's that's a great result. You probably take that, don't you? A huge yeah, result. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, massively. Um, and then, obviously, you've 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 knocked out Man City of the um, League Cup. You've uh, yeah. beat PSG and you're doing decent in the league. So it's almost like you're spearheading three different... You've got the League Cup. Competition. That, absolutely. So that's yeah. something that not many teams do these days, unless it's these sort mm. of... Man City, you could say, or, or, or a real, you know, title winner, yeah. you, you could say. How does that feel to almost be in good positions in multiple competitions so far? It must be that must be something. Must be good. Oh, it's sweet as anything. Yeah. Like I say, I mean, I, I, the Car- the Carabao Cup is one of those ones that I thought we would let slide, but when Man City put their team out and they said they weren't going to put a strong team out, and they did, I was like yeah, we're going to let this one go. And, and in the first 45 minutes, I thought, Jesus Christ, this is the worst football I've seen for ages. And in the second half, he makes changes and we absolutely deserve to win that game. And now we've won it, I, I feel like we go to Old Trafford, we beat Man United, we've got to take that competition very seriously and try and go one better than last year and actually win it, uh, which would be outstanding. Um, if we can beat Dortmund in our next home game in the Champions League, we're almost through. We'll have seven points. All we need is two draws, nine points, and you're through to the next round, which is just the group of death, everyone calls it. I nearly called our group as well. I said on the day when we were drawing the Champions League, I said, I want our group to be Barcelona, Dortmund, and AC Milan. And I was one away from it. We got PSG instead. I was like, no one wants to come to St. James's Park under the lights on a nighttime in the cold and play against us because we're used to it and they won't be. And PSG showed it. I mean, even though it was a lovely warm night for them, they just they couldn't handle our intensity, you know, our pace, our determination. They had more of the ball, which I expected, but we hit them where it mattered, you know. Look at West Ham against us on, on the Sunday. They had two shots on target, scored two goals. You know, they only they had one shot in the first half and they were beating us 1-0 at half-time. And it's what you do with the ball that matters, not how much you have of it. And that's what we showed PSG, that we were there to, to cause an upset. So it's, it's just, it's, it's an incredible feeling. And it's 1-1, uh, Harry Kane. Uh, it's just an amazing feeling that after 15 years of a dark cloud over St. James's Park, over our city, 
within 18 months that is like literally gone and we're somehow in the Champions League challenging for honours and there's a good chance this year if we carry on our good form we, we could be top five which is Champions League this year and, and you carry on that and then keep investing wisely which is what we've done I'm, I'm just yeah beaming <laughs> as you can tell it's just it, it's hard to put it into words to be honest with you it's just you know it's like having your firstborn child again yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> I mean, the, the lads will um, tell you that mm-hmm. I I don't watch an awful lot of Premier League football. Um, obviously, you know, follow follow online and, and watch matches mm-hmm. a day a couple of times a month and so on. But <clears throat> from kind of like the outsider's perspective, looking in, to have gone from as you say where you were kind of fifteen years ago, Championship football, this that and the yeah. other, you know, wondering where <clears throat> the next kind of wage salary is going to come from, and then obviously um, everything under Mister Sports Direct and how that kind of mm-hmm. went to then go to being the richest club in the world. But actually, are you spending money like you're the richest club in the world? No. Still spending yeah. an extortionate amount of money, but in in um, comparison to world football now and how mm. football and business has gone, I think, you, you, as you say, you've invested very wisely. Um, obviously, you know, having Eddie Howen, I think, you know, Realistically, you could have gone and got pretty much any manager on paper with the, you know, the potential funds and the mm. kind of turnaround story that was there. I think a lot of managers would have wanted a slice of that, and I think it was it in a, in a way nice to see an English manager get the chance to actually do that mm. as well. Um, and for you know a relatively young manager, despite the amount of experience he's got, um, mm. I think that kind of says a lot about how as well that they've kind of stuck with him um, and given him that opportunity because it's it's chalk and cheese compared to the setup that he will have had at Bournemouth, you know, limited budget, um, yeah. you know, a, a crowd that's probably less than half every week, the pressure, yeah. completely different, you know, polar opposite end of the table and so on so um i think i think he's been an integral part as well for mm. for your turnaround and as oh, massively. Been, you know whether he whether he's there in two or three years time as the money continues to come in and bigger names and so on which inevitably will mm. happen um but i think <clears throat> from from my perspective anyway he's played a huge part in terms of one the turnaround but two as you say that kind of sensible spending and sustainability almost almost like he's grounded the club a little bit. Um mm. and I know obviously fans like yourself who've been there through the you know the, the dark days um will kind of respect and appreciate every penny that's being spent and every point that's <coughs> being put on the board. Um but I think obviously the same as any club you're gonna get um fans who, you know, kind of jump on it and this, that and the other and we're, you know, we're the richest club, let's go and buy X, Y, and Z. But I think Howe's kind mm. of, you know, slowly, steadily introduced that. Um yeah, but you know, personally, I'm absolutely made up. Newcastle, are, they've always been a, a relatively um, genuine side, and you know, one mm. of one of those kind of old school football clubs that you always think of. So it's it's good to see them breaking back through, and hopefully, in another two or three years, it's not going to be that same predictable top two or three that it's been for the last God only knows how long. You know, yeah. the Newcastle are going to be up there as a you know a force to be reckoned with, and I'm rightly so. That they'll, you know, they'll be holding their own up there. So, yeah, big congratulations. Yeah. There's a couple of things on what you said there. The, on paper, yes, Newcastle looked very attractive, but we tried to bring Emery in, who went to Villa and initially gone there. He didn't want the job because of where we were, and I think a lot of people forget that we were relegation fodder, literally bottom three, 
no hope. Everyone ripped us off. No clubs ever got out of the bottom three at the time of the season when we were in it. Uh, and that is massive credit to Eddie Howe. He saw the challenge and he took it on. And he, like you say, he bought wisely. I mean, we bought Chris Wood. People slated him. And I was like, look at the run that we had when he played. He played in the first 14 games. We didn't lose one. But yet before that, we were losing them left, right and centre. Trippier was huge. And even though he was injured for a little bit of it, he was the catalyst that started everything. But Eddie Howe was a very shrewd appointment, even though he was the second choice. Because if we had gone down, I think Eddie Howe was the perfect man to bring us back up. And that's how I looked at it when we when we find I said I'd want Eddie Howe from the start because I think he was the right man, the right character, the right age, you know. When I found out that he went away for a whole year and learned from the likes of Simeone and Pep and all them, like he went to different countries and learned different styles of play. He was showing that he was willing to grow as a manager because we all saw a Bournemouth. He played style A, style A, style A, style A. You know, they were great, attractive football, but they kept losing. They kept conceding goals. And everyone was like, well, Eddie Howe can't defend. And then he comes back and some of our first results were like 1-0 at Leeds at Ellen Road. You know, we were beating Villa 1-0 at St. James's Park. You know, like we were showing that we had steel and he emphasised on building from the back forward, which is what he's done. Uh, bringing Dan Byrne in, bringing Trippier in, bringing Pope in, then bringing Botman in in the summer. Massive signing. Probably going to be one of the best defenders ever to play in the Premier League. In my eyes, he's that good. But Eddie Howe deserves all the credit. He deserves all the time in the world. And I think he could be our Sir Alex Ferguson. I really do. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got all the credentials, hasn't he? As you say, mm-hmm. he would have been the perfect candidate to bring you back up. Or certainly give yeah. you the best hope and, and chance to come straight back up. And exactly. at the same time, now at the opposite end of the table, he's more than holding him his own yeah. you know so um it's a huge huge round of credit i know in yeah. some of the notes that um greg made and jimmy you you said as well earlier on in the in the chat just going back to trippier and kind of how he's ended up at newcastle um <coughs> brilliant I story yeah. personally saw him <laughs> yeah and when not not obviously to go too much down uh the, the, the tramway route but when we played against uh newcastle in the, the cup last season and he came on. He ran the, the game. Quality different. I mean, you know, he's playing against us. Do you know what I mean? But the difference in quality, the deliveries into the box, it was like it just on to a fifty pence, like absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, and you know, and there was a bit of pressure on at that point. We were one up, mm-hmm. and and to be fair, we had Newcastle pinned at half time, and he just came on, and it was just like didn't get out of second gear, and he didn't need to. Um, mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, I think a lot of the games in the prem when he's really on it. He, he can just cruise through games because his natural ability on the ball and that delivery is just sublime. Um, oh, yeah. Three assists at Sheffield United. Assist against West Ham. I mean, that assist against West Ham, the way he cushioned volleyed that ball into the corridor. You, you, you're talking about a world-class player, right winger doing that, and he's doing it from right back. Uh, I even had an argument with a West Ham fan on uh, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it these days. He said that Kofu uh, was better than Trippier. He deserved to be in Shearer's team of the week because he got an assist and Trippier got an assist. I said, just look at the whole game, mate, and look at all the stats. I put them up side by side and uh, Trippier got like an 8.2 rating and Kofu got a 6.9 and he was still arguing with me. I was just like, oh, Jesus, give it a rest, man. Trippier's world class. Kafool is good. Don't get me wrong. I like him. He's a nice guy, but he's no trippier. 
He's um, I, I've always got a lot, a lot of time for Trippy because he's from the town I was born. So I'm from Bury as well. Well, I was born in Bury, sorry. Right. So everybody in Bury always keeps an eye on uh, Kieran Trippy where he's going. I know he went to Madrid and things like that. But everybody in Bury town is like, even though he's he never played for Bury, he's still he's still quite a popular sort of figure, a legend. Yeah. <laughs> he is, he's like a popular figure really of the town, and everyone's saying, "Oh, Trippy did such a thing," and "Oh, Trippy's doing well," and especially. A few of my mates do the fantasy football and they're all like, oh, I've uh, captained him and things like that. So he's up, still people, even from his town that he'd never even played for, obviously speak highly of him, you know. Mm. Oh, he's absolutely quality. And then you just mentioned the Atletico Madrid. He won the league title with them and he still wanted to come home. And credit to Atletico Madrid as well because they let him go. They didn't want him, but they understood. You know, I see Atletico Madrid as a very family club, a very well-run club. And... Uh, you know, we've got £15 million for him. It's just absolutely crazy. Uh, I had, a, again, another another argument between him and Cal Walker. I said, look, if Kieran Trippier had Cal Walker's pace, who would be the better player? And you're like, Trippier is world class. Cal Walker is brilliant, but if you take Cal Walker's pace away from him, is he as good as Trippier? What Trippier is with, you know, half the pace that Walker's got. I'm just like, you know who you would pick left, right and centre. It's just a shame that Walker's got that pace. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, I've got a question actually from one of the lads who uh, joined yeah. us a couple of uh, couple of episodes ago. Femi is a Liverpool fan, uh, so he said, mm. um, "Let's just find the question." Da, 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 da. Uh, where do you think Newcastle will finish this season, and where should they strengthen in the transfer window in January? Good question. Uh, because Champions League looked like it's going to get to five places next year because of this whole new format and league format, which I don't agree with, but it's happening. We can't stop it. Uh, I think top five has to be the aim, but our owners aren't stupid. You know, They've said they're going to expect a tough season because we haven't got the squad depth like the Man City has. So with all the competitions we're in, it might cause a bit of a problem. Uh, but I still think top five because I think they'll they'll prioritise the league I think over every every other competition they've got to if they want to carry on this progression getting into Champions League next season is bigger than what it was this season in my eyes uh, strengthening there's a few areas uh, and you, I'm going to get slated for this but maybe not in January but soon Nick Pope needs to be replaced because of his kicking ability we, we want to play out from the back and Nick Pope kicked the ball out five times when he was aiming for a six foot seven left back who was up the wing to try and get up the pitch and he kicked the ball out of play five times in a row. I was just like, Jesus. He's not as confident as, you know, you need an Allison or someone like that. You know, it, it's, you've, we've got a thing bigger. Uh, left back would be another one. So someone like, a, if we're thinking big, Hernandez from AC Milan, you know, I would love someone like that to be left back. Uh, defensive midfielders got to be a bit of a priority because we we seem to have three players all jotting around trying to fit in a you know round holes into square pegs sometimes. Uh, and a striker, we desperately, I think, we desperately need a striker. We need three strikers if we're going to compete in four competitions. Wilson's made a glass. We all know it. As long as we manage him correctly, he'll play more games than what he he won't. But he's out, you're putting a lot of pressure on Isaac to play Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, 
Tuesday, you're asking him to do a lot of work, which you'll do it, but you've got a chance of him breaking down and then you've got no one. So it's got to be those three positions for me. In terms of um, a striker, I mean, obviously mm. it's, you know, every club's after a dull store, aren't they? It doesn't oh, matter yeah. whether you're at the top They're of the pyramid or bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> They're hard to find. And, you know, if you've got money, then they're going to want more money. It's all, you know, proportionate. So it's it won't be any easier for Newcastle to go and get someone as, as anyone else. But who would be your... Now, when I say realistic, we go back to, you know, richest club in the world, blah, blah, blah. However, you FFP. are spending sustainably, FFP, etc. But even with that aside, I think, to be honest, you know, it, it would be drip-fed and it's that gradual. It's not doing what City did when they, they initially got their cash injection and just went and bought yeah. everyone in the UK who owned a pair of football boots and mm. gave them stupid money. Well, um, they were allowed, who, weren't they? Because FFP yeah, wasn't well, exactly, the thing. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, who would be your kind of one <coughs> kind of dream um, striker? So kind of anyone right. in world football now. Yeah. And then two, who would be your kind of, when I say realistic, someone who you could actually see signing um, mm. for Newcastle? It's a tough one. Dream signing would be someone like Osserman or Volovic. Uh, in the Italian league, them two were unbelievable. A lot of people were saying Bappe, but you know, I've seen his attitude at St James's Park <laughs> in the cold night. He didn't enjoy it, so I don't think he'd enjoy playing it week in, week out. Uh, realistically, you know, we're talking about a third choice striker potentially, or maybe second choice because he's ex number one and he is going to be world class. So, you know, he's got Zlatan bigging him up. So if he's if he's that good. You know, we've got a player on our hands and we've seen some of the qualities that he's got. So I'm looking at maybe a Sesco, uh, if he would come. Uh, and people will open their eyes up at this one, but what what happened to Ekateke? <laughs> or Ikitiki, whoever you pronounce his name. He, he, he was touted to be with us. Wasn't he? But, uh, yeah, he that was. Does he still a PSG? He's still a PSG, oh. yeah. With, but they're trying to sell him, I think, yeah, which is crazy. Now, obviously, he's got talent because we only look at talent and young talent. Yeah. Uh, do you know, I'll throw another one left field that I think could happen because he's having a mare at Man United but Rashford possibility yeah, don't possibility. Do, I, can, yeah. I can see that mm. I, I think we that. resurrect his career to be honest Pure with you and there's another really really off field one that we've, we would love to see is uh, Saka at Arsenal because he's a Newcastle fan his dad's is a Newcastle actually? fan yeah. Well, his dad's definitely a, like, a Jordan. I thought he was an Arsenal boy, as in through and through as a as a lad. Yeah. Oh, right, he's been there. He's been there. He might support them, but his dad's a Jordan, oh. and I think his dad could bring his ear. Thinking, come on, son, I go home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he stole on a contract as well with Arsenal. Mm. Ah. Mm. Doesn't make you wonder, doesn't it? It does. Mm. Because these things that, that, you know, don't care what the papers and stuff say, these things are all 12, 18 months in the making. Oh, yeah. yeah they do. You know, the the, the seeds and the, yeah. and the other, you know. Seeds are sown and yeah. planted many, many yeah. And you think about before. we've managed to bring Lewis Hall to, to Newcastle. Mm. He is, his dad, and even himself, is a Newcastle fan. Mm. But his dad was from a Newcastle fan as well. So we could have, like, loads of Geordies in the team, which is amazing as well. But Lewis Miley, Anderson, Lewis... Sean Longstaff, Dan Byrne, there's five. You know, it's, it's incredible what the, what we're doing. It's amazing. That's it. And I think you need a good it's core. Imagine Saka. Yeah, imagine that'd be amazing. Yeah, I think you need a good core and local talent in your team, no matter what level you're at. You need Definitely. players that know what it means. Not a, 
not that a, a player not from the area, Sound Club, doesn't know what it means to represent Newcastle. Like, if I was to sign for Newcastle, I know exactly what it would mean to represent them. It's a massive football club. Yeah. You know, and, and on that, I think it's great to see Newcastle back up there because the North East is such a hotbed of English football. And with no disrespect mm. to other clubs in that area who've been up there, you know, we need to see big hitters. And that. It's, it's an amazing region. I'd love to see for myself two or three clubs in the region. You know, not mentioning names, I think you know who I'm referring to, up there in the Premier League and, <laughs> and having that back. Um, because I think it's it's such a... Carlisle, Carlisle, Darlington and Spannymore is what I'm referring to. No obviously. chance. You know, <laughs> Flash Barton's away, isn't it? Um, but I've been to Gateshead. I've been to Gateshead. It was, yeah, was an experience. It was, oh, it yeah. was, it was cold. Um, <laughs> it was really cold. It's always cold. Oh, it's always cold. Four miles away from the pitch. Well, mind, it was May. It was still freezing. I think we won 4-1 yeah. there. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a good yeah, night. It was a cracking night. Um, Apart from the drive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, just on that, I'm just curious to know, obviously, you're now Champions League, and I you referenced in the video, sort of, you're about um, Sunderland getting smashed by Borough in the little derby that isn't... Yes. It, isn't it isn't a derby, let's be honest. <laughs> it's not a... It's, not, it's, it's just kind of, you know... You're up there, they're down there. Do you kind of miss? I know you're playing Milan and PSG and, and beating City and League Cup and all that, but do you kind of miss playing Sunderland and, and to a lesser extent Borough? Or are you just like, nah, it's quite funny, I'm quite happy beating PSG while they <laughs> slog it out against, you know, Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham? It's it's funny, but it's also disappointing because they've got six in a row on us and they keep reminding us. That they've got six in a row. So I would love them just to come up, just so we can hammer them twice and then watch them get relegated again. And then they've got nothing, absolutely nothing on us. <laughs> so that would be nice. <laughs> but I do miss Derby Day. I mean, Derby Day is a complete different atmosphere. It's the nerves the night before, the nerves in the morning when you're sinking your first pint at six o'clock in the morning when you're baking the next sandwich, getting ready for the whole day of getting absolutely hammered with your mates. Standard Tuesday for well, <laughs> yeah, well, as I said, Jimmy, just not a Thursday. Any other day, Thursdays are off limit. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. See, Thursday was my favourite night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it used to be Thursday week, or they would go around Whitney Bay on a Thursday night oh. and absolutely get hammered. I used to love it. Uh, those those days are gone. Long gone. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, no, honestly, the Derby days are just—they are special in their own way. But you always. You always want to be the top dog, and while they're down there, you know we're top dog regardless. It's going to be a long time before they even get. Well, they'll never see what we're going to see. No. To, to be fair, no. never seen a Macam in Milan, uh, <laughs> yes. so and it's going to stay that way. So, yeah, good luck to them if they come up. Fantastic, we've got Derby back. If they stay down there, that doesn't really bother me. Yeah. No, and um, to, to go back to your content, I noticed obviously you've been interacting with a lot of American um, Newcastle supporters. Have you found, not to yes. hint at the the rise and success in the last eighteen months and and what that comes with it, but have you found sort of a rise in sort of popularity with Newcastle United, in, and not just in the US, but maybe even beyond the borders of say just the UK with the content you've been doing as the club and the team become more successful on the pitch. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it has risen a little bit, but to be honest with you, because I've interacted on, on Twitter for the last two and a half years about Newcastle, I've met some amazing people all over the all over the world. Uh, the person who co-hosts with me, John, his dad was from Durham. You know, he was from the area, he was oh, from wow. Newcastle, so he found himself over in America. And that's why I wanted to do it, uh, that particular show, which is from across the pond. 
is because I wanted the people in America to tell their story about how they're fans. And every time I've got people on, there's always links to them actually being in Newcastle at some time, either university, you know, they've come over to England. Uh, there was one girl, Kayla, who came over for work. Our last stop was Newcastle. She'd been all over the UK, fell in love with the city. She got a season ticket. <laughs> and she flies over from America to watch games when she can. And then she obviously passes it on to her friends who she's made in Newcastle. And that just shows you that, you know, it's not just the northeast where there's massive fans. There's fans everywhere. And it's just nice to hear their stories. And, and basically, because I hate this thing, you're not from Newcastle, you're not a Newcastle fan. You're a plastic fan and all this sort of stuff. You know, I know people from school and, and going on who do podcasts now who don't go to St. James's Park. And they literally live 10 minutes away from the place. And we've got people flying over from all over, you know, making that, you know, sacrifice to come and watch Newcastle play, and it's incredible. And it's it, they need more of a spotlight for me sometimes because you get those fans that are like, oh, you, you know, your accent isn't right, you shouldn't be at this game, and all that sort of stuff. I hate that, absolutely hate it. Yeah. I mean, I was a dick when I was younger, to be fair. I used to be like that when I was like 15, 16, 17. You know, I'm a bigger fan than you because I've got a season ticket, and now I've learned when I've got older that's the wrong way to be. It's the wrong attitude to have. And if we want to be a massive club, we want to be the next Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man City. We've got 2.7 million following on Twitter. They've got like tens to twenties to 30 million followers, you know, and that's what we're aiming for. And you're only going to get that if you've got people watching you from all over the world, not just the UK. No, I absolutely agree. The international fan argument is something that, I mean, as an Evertonian, I've always been a bit, you know, because obviously we've got two clubs in the city. One's got a massive international fan base. We've got a big one, but it's like, obviously, even for me being from, like, the Wirral, it's like, ah, oh, you're a plaza, you're not from the city, of you're from over the way, you're from Birkenhead. Yeah. Go support Tram here. It's like, well, I do. Um, but um, <coughs> also as well, I just think the argument is these fans who get up at, like, whatever time in the morning or whatever, you know, if you're in Australia or America, if you're getting up free in the morning. whatever time in the morning to watch Everton or whoever, you know, that's one commitment, and especially when they're absolutely dog shit. That's a hell of a commitment to get yeah. up and, and watch that, um, whoever you support. So no fair play to any international fan. Mm. Um, like you say, I know far more international supporters who can't make it over, who show more commitment than people who, like you say, live five minutes around the corner and just and just don't yeah. bother. Um, so no, it's, it's an, and like you say, yeah, it's about growing. I hate using this phrase, but it's so true. It's about growing that global brand now for Newcastle, as it is for any club, I'd yeah. argue, well, certainly the top two divisions of English football, but any club, whoever you are, it's mm. about growing that awareness and growing yeah. that sort of that reach now to wherever um, yeah. there is. No break in America would be huge. Absolutely huge. huge break in America. Huge, and it makes me uh, think. Was... If you could take some fans off Wrexham mm. for us, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You can do that. Well, I'm was... happy with that. <laughs> there was one player I really wanted us to sign in the summer to play alongside Botman, and that was Kim. Yes. And not only just because of how good he is, yes. but the amount of fans we would get on the back mm. of a player like that. It was a bit like signing, trying to sign the uh, Pulisic. Mm. Yes. You know, he would have been a huge signing, Absolutely. not only because of how good he is, but because of his fan base in America would all jump on Newcastle. And there's always that double-edged sword with, with very good players from certain countries. If you get a hold of them, you get a massive following. Look at Spurs with Hummin Son. Oh, Spurs are huge. You know, they've got such a huge following just because of him. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, you find with so many clubs, I mean, there was sometimes, like, you'd argue Man United would make a signing purely strategically 
you know, mm. when they signed like a Chinese player yeah. or a South Korea, you know, Jason Sun Park, Park, Jason Park, who yeah, was a good player, but trusted in every single big game. I saw Alex Ferguson to his credit, even though he was never yeah. spectacular. Um, yeah. Even mm. to bring it back to us, like a Tim Cale, Landon Donovan, Tim Howard, um, yeah. you know, and all the, and there's so many clubs that have signed a, a player for the big market that, you know, for a purpose to fit the team, not just, hey, they've got billions of people, little supporters. But I think it does help yeah. to, to reach out as well. Um, so, Massively. yeah, it, it is huge and it does help grow you. So, no, definitely. Like I say, I think Pulisic and Kim would have been great signs. Someone like a maybe controversial, well, given who his father played, probably someone like Gio Reyna at Dortmund. Um, could be an interesting right. one. But obviously, you know, given, mm. given, given his dad's connections, that might be something of a controversial um, signing. <laughs> just looking at the fixtures for Newcastle, Baz. Obviously, you've got the you've got the league. You've got um, yeah. you've you've got another Champions League um, night game, which is oh, I always prefer the night games. I think the more atmosphere. Oh, yeah. You've got Dortmund, who are renowned for having a good atmosphere, aren't you? Their stadium. Uh, do you think that'll be a tasty game again? Obviously, you've beat PSG. You know, they've got the draw against Milan. Dortmund, and I think then it's. I think you've got Dortmund away in November as well. That'll be a tasty game. What are your expectations mm-hmm. playing Dortmund twice? Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted Dortmund in our in our group was because of their fans, because of the yellow wall, and I want to see. It probably won't happen, but I would love to see a war flags at Dortmund to join in with their display, and vice versa. I would love to see our display with their away fans doing their. You know what they do best. They they started all this flag stuff. You know they're the kings of it. In my eyes, they were the first team I ever saw look like one end look absolutely amazing the way it does. Uh, in regards to playing them on the pitch, I, I think we'll do them at home. I really do. Uh, I'm not scared of them. They haven't had a great start to this Champions League campaign. Uh, I think they've had a draw against AC Milan and they got beat off Paris Saint Germain two nil. So I'm not scared of them. Uh, away from home will be a different kettle of fish. If we can do another nil-nil like we did at AC Milan, I'll be absolutely over the moon. But as long as we can get three points at home, that that's what really matters the most. Uh, it's winning your home games. So I just can't wait to see their display, though, and what happens. And I wish I was going. I really do. I can't work for that one. And I'm at work for the away one as well. Yeah. But getting tickets for away games are impossible. But that would be the one I would... Oh, every game in our group stage, that would be the one away game I really want to go to. You know, I quite fancy a home and away to Dortmund. I think early in the season, Dortmund would draw it at home Ooh. to Heidenheim uh, in the league. And their fans yeah. are basically taking over, saying we're the worst team in the Bundesliga. Now, obviously, they're not. But when you've missed out by a goal or a point or a goal difference from the title the last day, the previous season, you sold Bellingham. That was awful. I was screaming, wanting them to do it because I'm just sick of buying winning that league. Mm. As somebody who watches a lot of Bundesliga, um, Dortmund are yeah. less than some of their parts of the season. They're, they're fine, they're good. They've just picked up a decent win against Union Berlin at home in the last round of matches for the mm-hmm. international break. They're just getting back to form, but um, they're still not quite where you would expect the Dortmund side to be. They've dropped silly points. They've, they've done a Dortmund, they've gone away to teams and, and, and not picked up the results they should have done, which is a very common habit with them. And I do think, you, I mean, people were laughing at Newcastle. I don't quite get this why when the draw came out. Like, ha you've got the group of death. It's like, well, one, that's what you want. You don't want to be playing in the nicest yeah. way, like Victoria Pills and, and um, I don't know, Red Star Belgrade. Maybe Red Star Belgrade would be a cracking, feisty away day. But 
Um, you don't want to be playing teams, you know, young boys young, and places like that. Boys, yeah, you don't well, want to yeah. go to them. Um, no jokes, lads. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, um, <laughs> professional. Jimmy. We are professional. professional. We are professional. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, you want that. And secondly, I looked at the group and I thought, well, no, Newcastle can box that group. PSG are not that they're good, but they're not what they were. Mm. Um, Dortmund a team of stars that right? didn't gel as a team and likewise with Dortmund team of individuals I don't know some of their parts and Milan mm. doing well now in Serie A she's got a smash in the derby against off Inter but otherwise they've done really well they did just before they played us yeah 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 I mean <laughs> I don't think they've lost since then I think they've won every game since then Milan um, in Serie A so right. they're, they're, they're a good side but it's like yeah they're good but Newcastle came fourth in what and I, again a phrase I'm using they're probably the most competitive league in the world top to bottom I wouldn't say best, but same most competitive. Mm. Um, you know, you came forth, you came forth for a reason because you're a bloody good team. So, mm. you know, it's not as if like they've just shoved, I don't know, with greatest respect, some team from the championship into the Champions League just for no reason. They, it, you know, you've earned the right to be there and you, you can pit it against the big boys and you've beaten some of the big boys already as they've been shown domestically in Europe. So, and I think you'll do Dortmund yeah. in a way, honestly. I mean, come back to me and tell me it's my fault if you don't. Um, but <laughs> no, honestly, I'm quite confident. I don't, I don't think Dortmund this season are that good. I don't think they'll come top four in Germany. Mm. I'd take another four points, three at home, a oh, point yeah. away. I would. That that would be it. That would be us through, to be fair, in my eyes. But you know, the fixtures have been quite kind to us recently. If you take away the Man City Cup game and you take away the Champions League games and the Premier League. We've had a nice little run of fixtures, which we needed after the start. You know, we got Palace on Saturday. No disrespect to Palace, you know, we should have beat them last season comfortably. And we drew nil nil, and I think on Saturday we'll do there. And then we've got Wolves away, again another team I'd expect us to beat. Uh, and then the the hard fixtures start again. We've got Arsenal, Dortmund, and Man United away, but obviously two cup competitions in the league. So um, as long as we keep picking up the points when we need to, we're we're going to give everyone a game. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not one of these fans to say, "Oh, we're going to win every game," because we won't. It's it's we're not invincibles. You know, Man City have shown how difficult this league is, losing to Wolves, uh, losing to us in the Carabao Cup, and uh, the league's going to be tight. But Man City will win it. But uh, I'm just riding on the crest of the wave, to be honest with you. Just week by week, international breaks kill me because I, you know, I'm sick of watching England the way they play. And Saturday can't come quick enough because I think against Crystal Palace, if we play our normal game, you know, people are going to see why we are going to be potentially top five again this year. Just a quick one for Jim, actually, in terms of what's your take, Jim, on obviously Newcastle from an Everton perspective? Do you think it's all how do how does the, the um, Everton sort of fan look at Newcastle? Do you think? Oh, there's a, there's a weird Twitter. Slash X beef for a time. Yes. I've never got it. I don't get it. And, it, and, and it's not one sided. It's both ways. There seems to be this weird Everton you guys on Twitter. Oh, it is. It's really strange. There's wind up merchants yeah. and wind up trolling accounts on both sides. I don't get it. Newcastle are doing right what we've done wrong the last seven years. They, they've been better with their money. They've built well. And I do think there is a hint of jealousy from some Evertonians. For me personally, it's a case of what can you do? They've recruited well. They've done what we haven't. Um, Again, I, I, best luck to you at the end until the rest of the season. I'm not even going to say, except when you play us, because you're going to smash us. We'll just, <laughs> no, I'm not even, you know, it's not even worth, <coughs> you know, we'll be resolute in defence and probably have a, probably outdo our XG and get yeah. one. But who knows? But 
Yeah, no, I, I honestly... I still think you'll be safe this season. I, uh, see, everyone keeps saying that. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. The loop results... Can... I wasn't. The loop result. The loop result. I wasn't for a while. Go on, Dad. Well, you got your hand up. I'm sorry, lads. This is going to totally cut into what you just said. They've just panned to a shot of a boy in the crowd at the England game holding a sign saying, Jack Grealish, my mum loves your calves. Can you sign a sock, please? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Anyway, oh, back to Jesus Evan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no, I want, Brilliant. no, I want to talk about Jack Grealish's calves. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that interruption. Yeah, no, I think... Apologies. No, anyway, that, that, back to it. Really, yeah, I, I, where were we again? Um, oh, my God, man. Yes, so strange. I think you... I, I uh, honestly think... Newcastle doing safe. everything that Everton didn't. Yeah. I think is what you were saying. Including yeah, getting yeah. the best out of Anthony Gordon. Um, well, yeah, he's the one that split the fan base and why the rivalry sort of started yeah, a lot. Yeah. Because you, there's a lot of Everton fans seen chasing him in his car down the road and yeah, then we obviously wrong. jumped on a gun when he just chased him into our arms oh, yeah. and then, you know, it all started and I, I don't know what you were like with Anthony Gordon but I remember watching him when I think he beat us 1-0 mm-hmm. and when Frank Lampard was in charge um, and we had that stupid protest there chaining that himself was, to the post yeah, he was our player of the yeah. season if it wasn't for him we'd have gone down yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, we'd have got relegated night. yeah but I watched Anthony Gordon in that game and I've also watched him a few times playing up front. And I, I always said there's a quality player in there and I hate him because I hate the way that he winds people up mm. and yeah. he's a love-hate relationship yeah. as if, you, if he's not in your team, you hate him. Mm. If he's in your team, you love him because yeah. he winds people up. He's got that pace, yeah. that aggression. And I think he's an unbelievable steal at 50 million and people laugh at me when I say that but I'm like he could be worth 80 easily he's got talent Um, he never quite showed it but then Mm. you've got to factor when he was playing on an Everton side that was down the bottom end of the league if he'd been playing under Ancelotti or under uh, Marco Silva or uh, a Martinez team where Mm. we were a good attacking side pushing for Europe yeah he'd have done quite well I mean there was always that sense as well that he broke into the team purely by default. He'd gone loan to Preston, didn't do much, come back to us. Purely got in because everything else was a bit dross. Carries a bit of an ego with mm. him. Yeah, he does. But if you can back it up, you don't care. Um, there was a sense of that. But also, at the same time, going back to the stuff outside, I think after Southampton game last year, we lost 2-1 um, in a big mm. six-pointer. There's no excuse for what some of our, some of our absolute, and I think I said at the time on this podcast, no excuse what some of the idiotic fans did. Um, I get anger's anger. You've seen it yourself at Newcastle, but under Ashley with relegations, with oh, yes. a horse image. I won't go into too much, you know, after the derby. Mm. You know, you, every <laughs> every supporter's got its idiots. Every club's got its idiots. And it just seems to be ours have been highlighted more and more so in the last couple of years because of the break that we found mm. ourselves in. Honestly, now it's a case of just go and wish him the best. The, you know, He's gone and done well in the Euros, on the twenty ones for England. He's he's going to play, he's playing in the Champions League. He's doing well. It do, it, it serves England well if he's playing well because there's more of a chance of another quality player getting on the England side, which benefits the national team. Mm-hmm. So I don't hold any grudge as such. Like I say, um, there's no point doing that now. It, it's gone. Um, yeah. So I for me, my focus is on us, and if we can if we can climb our way back up to where we want to wear eventually, you know, you've shown. In Newcastle, it can be done with the right management and the right squad. It doesn't have to spend mm. loads and loads and loads. Um, but no, like I say, I think it's really good for English football. We've got clubs outside of Manchester and London doing well um, because the focus has always been on six clubs in the last decade, um, whether that's warranted or not. 
obviously Leicester aside when they had their little dalliance with the top end of the league. But um, I think it's yeah. important to have a more a wider variety yourselves, Villa, Brighton. I think it's more important to have a more variety and more varied, you know, set clubs at the top of the table each year because otherwise it just gets boring, doesn't it? So mm. I like to see a bit of variety, mate. It's good to see. And again, 52,000 fans, whatever division you're in, it's a massive football club. It can't be argued. So no, that's, yeah. that's my perspective on it. So no hard feelings here. No bit, certainly no bitterness. Absolutely not. You've, you've, you can start the success. Yeah, I don't understand the bitterness between no. us. It, no, it's, been, it's, again, it's just on Twitter, isn't no, it? Really, mean, if you speak to a normal no, football fan like no, me and you, it's, oh, absolutely, there's nothing there. No, absolutely. Like I say, we've been starting success long enough. You've been starting success even longer if you look at pure just trophies. Oh, so yeah. you know you've had it way longer than we have. So fair play. I hope you pick up a trophy this year and break that because it's it's been a long, long, long time coming. It has. It's going to be some piss up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, just interjecting a little bit, but I remember um, we, we, Rochdale played Newcastle in the FA Cup about three years ago. Um, it was at Spotland, Rochdale. They finished one all. And then um, there was a replay later on at St. James's Park. I think he battered us 6-1 or 5-1, I think it was. I can't quite remember. But I remember after the, I remember after the Newcastle game at home, the Newcastle fans were in, in the pub that's, in, that's sort of built into the stadium at Rochdale. Mm. And they're absolutely right. sound about everything. They were just like, "Oh yeah, you've done well there." Mm. You know, they weren't aggressive or anything, or because we've had we've had big teams come to Rochdale before and they've just wrecked the place. Mm. Like they've just absolutely ripped. See, what's the point? In yeah, that? I don't they've get like, it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I think we've got one of the best away support. Oh yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying just because I'm a Newcastle fan. I'm saying it because we don't go to away games looking for trouble. You know, trouble seems to find us sometimes. A bit like what had happened in uh, Milan. And what, have you, what even happened at the, on the Wednesday night at PSG? Their fans came looking for trouble. It's probably going to happen in the Dortmund game. It's definitely going to happen in the uh, the PSG game when we face them away from home. But our fans want to go away. They want to get drunk. And they just want to enjoy the occasion. Which is why a lot of fans love coming to St. James's Park. Yeah. Because you have a pub across the road from the railway station. They take over. We let them do that. We haven't got these big egos at our pub where take, you know, we're going to have to fight you for it or anything like that. We, we want to talk to other fans. We want to get their perspectives. We want to enjoy the day just as much as they do. And that's why you very rarely see trouble other than obviously a fan punching a horse, which a Sunderland fan has done this season as well. Thank God for that. They now don't hold that over us anymore. Uh, one all. But, When's the parade? Yeah, one all, yeah. I just hope it doesn't yeah. go to a penalty shootout. <laughs> yeah. so that's where the, that's where the seagulls come all in. All kinds of, uh, yeah, all kinds of issues on National Day, that. Oh, God. Christ. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no. I love it. Oh. But we, like I said, we're not, you know, any away fan can come to St James's Park and talk to a Newcastle fan walking up to the ground. We we do it all the time. We're not looking for trouble. Obviously, there'll be the small minority who will maybe cause a problem, but in the whole, the drinking the strawberry pub now. I've never seen that before. Away fans actually in our home pub, right outside the ground, and no one batters an eyelid. They'll talk to them and say, "Oh, what do you think is going to happen today?" Are you confident? And it's just good, friendly banter all the time. And that's that's what you want. You do, you do. It's um, and I don't know where this um. Sometimes you see it from teams that aren't aren't as big as Newcastle. So I think mm. it was uh, Sheffield United. I think trashed our place just because we beat them one nil, and it was like unbelievable. Yeah. They ripped the chairs out, advertising boards. They just weren't happy about it at all. But the, the, you tend to get it from teams that aren't quite top ten or whatever you want to call it. 
it's slow. I, I don't know. It's, mm. it's difficult to sort of um, categorize where that comes from, really, that sort of mind frame. But um, I honestly think it's where they're from most of the time. Yeah. The further yeah. you go up north, the, the friendlier you are, I suppose. I mean, when we were in the championship, we weren't going to it. likes of Bristol City and all them lot and trashing their ground if they beat us, you know. Leeds is a bit different. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leeds. But uh, they seem to have a I bit of an issue Leeds, with us sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, their fans are a bit weird. I mean, what, when they drew with us 1-1 in the last minute, I don't know if you remember that, Chris Wood scored an equaliser in the 90th, 96th minute, something like that. One of their fans punched a female steward in the ground. It's like, why would you do that? Why? What's the point? You just you've just ruined your day. You're probably going to get banned from all the stadiums now. You've literally just ruined yourself from going to watch football. It's it's stupid. I mean, you got a good kicking for it. To be fair, from the other stewards who took him out the ground into the holding area, but why do it? Why go looking for trouble when you you're there to watch a football game for ninety minutes and enjoy it, and enjoy the day, and enjoy the occasion? Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. Mm. Um, and on my I did enjoy Football on. Factory though as a movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> on that note. Yeah, when it's glamorised <laughs> on TV, it's great. But oh, yeah. no, no, I, I know yeah. what you mean. Though, yeah, but that was the past. That yeah. was the past. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just for the audio yeah. um, listeners, there we have deck with the the book of <laughs> Away Days. Where are we? By Away days. Away Kevin days. Sa- by Kevin by Kevin Sampson. It's basically about a Tramier away supporter going on away days in the eighties. Mm. Yeah, Tramier away days and soft porn is the only way I can <laughs> summarise that. That's that's. Um, so enough, that's if anyone that's, wants that's, to read that, that's also so, Dex Twitter um, bio. It's available in most websites. <laughs> <laughs> quite interesting. Brilliant. Dear me, does that mean that the away days are classed as right. soft porn or? Uh, no, there's, there's just a few um, Babe Station little, little pieces in there, shall we say? <laughs> Babe no, in the book, not the actual away dames. Christ, there's no time for that on the coach <laughs> between karaoke and chin and pint aside. Yeah, yeah. Put Babe Station on the DVD play doesn't bloody work. Right, yeah. I feel like I need to read this book now, Greg. Right, well, <laughs> you can borrow my copy, Greg. I don't know we'll if I want put, to. We'll, we'll put a, yeah. <laughs> keep that book. Now. Can they read off the story? Yeah. I'll have the big <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll put a link to the description of the podcast. Be on the right. It's never, right. Yeah. I never usually lower the tone, sorry. <laughs> it's usually us. It's usually us. Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave a description to the Away Days book in the in the description for this podcast episode there you if go. you want to go. If you want to go and buy it, then whatever. Um right, to so finish off, Greg, I believe you have got a little anyway. quiz for us before we wrap up this evening. Yes, um, I've got a few questions. I've got three quiz questions. Also, is it, we've got. Some- is it Dale or No Dale? Well, we don't have to have them. <laughs> oh no! Please don't, because I never get it right. Right. Well, we can I'll have one guess. because I'll be I'll be <laughs> sneaky oh, otherwise. We'll have one. That's okay. But anyway, okay. what I would like to do is we put a question out to Twitter or X. I, I like to call it Twitter. To be honest, I don't know where the X comes. It's, yeah, yeah, me too. Let's call it Twitter for uh, nostalgia. Um, so basically, it's uh, as Halloween approaches, it's Halloween weekend, is it next weekend, I think, uh, we invite you to share your selection of the most spine-tingling players, not very good in brackets, who've donned your club's colours. Uh, we'll feature your choices in this podcast recording. So I'm just going to throw out a few of um, players that some of the people have uh, tagged in there that weren't very good. 
Uh, somebody's put C Coventry City season 2016/2017 and take your pick. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> take your That's pick. A good uh, Kevin Foley, Nathan Clark, uh, Vladimir Galzini. Can't pronounce that one. Uh, and Lewis Page, uh, one of the friends of the George club. Weir's brother. Sounds like it. Uh, one of our friends, me and Jimmy's friends, uh, James Hendry, has got in touch with us. Uh, he is a Rangers fan. Uh, some of these I can't pronounce, but I'll have a go. Da, 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 da. Sebastian Rosalthal? Does that ring any bells, Jim? Sebastian Rosalthal? No, anyway. Think, I, think it's, I, think it, I think it's Rosenthal. Or Rosenthal. 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 Sebastian Rosenthal. Uh, we've had it's, it's, Dan Griffin. It's going to take a while, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'll just do a few. Just do a few. Dan Griffin, uh, Liverpool, he's put uh, C, uh, Sean Dundee and Paul Stewart. He's also, for some reason, mentioned Joe Cole's uh, debut. I don't know why. Yeah, but he got sent off against Arsenal very, very early uh, on from Brightly. Okay, okay. I'm going to say these are all no Dale. Yeah, these are all no Dale. <laughs> ah, see, there you go. <laughs> they probably are pro Evo players. Yeah. Uh, one of our mates, me and Jimmy's mates, uh, Tom Podmore, Aston Villa. Two England, by the way. It's uh, there you go. Oh. Newsflash two. Oh, I haven't got the goal yet. Yeah, the, uh, the future, New- <laughs> the future Newcastle forward, Marcus Rathbuns, just scored. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. There you go. If, if that becomes true, we've technically time-travelled. We're getting that one correct. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom Podmore, Aston Villa fan, has put Eric Jemba Jemba. Oh, God, he was terrible. Uh, we've got an Arsenal fan that said uh, Pascal Segan. I don't remember him. Was he particularly bad? Was he Was he yeah, that bad? he was awful. Was he? Yeah. Right. So uh, those are the mentions that we got on Twitter. Name a few from Newcastle. Andreas Anderson, Boomsong, Boomsong. Albert Luque. Luque? Yeah. Oh, all yeah. about him. Cisco. Gosh. Cisco, Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah. Yes, Come back. Just the... Santiago Munoz. Oh, wait, no, that's the film, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Great goal, that. Looks a lot, a lot like Lauren Robert's oh, goal. Oh, what a goal from Yeah. One more. Yeah, the Liverpool one, that was, uh, he took with his left foot, but Munez was a right-footed striker in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one more mention on that tweet is from the Project Football podcast, and they've said, I think he's a West Brom fan, and he's put... Uh, Andy Townsend, Nicholas Nelka, and Daniel Sturridge, which is uh, a few to mention there. Great names. Great names. I, I didn't think, was Daniel Sturridge particularly that bad for West Brom? Or? He, went on, he went on loan there and was very injury prone. And Nelka we don't really talk about yeah. because he got banned for a celebration at West Ham that he shouldn't have done, Ooh, um, yeah. which we mm. weren't going to. Um, <laughs> and no, Andy yeah. Townsend, I don't, remember at West, I don't remember at West Brom, which probably says a lot. Yeah, I can't remember him, man. Uh, shows how bad he was. Is, he, is that the one that uh, yeah. from a Middlesbrough Villa? I'm guessing Villa player yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I can I can I'll do one Dale or No Dale and one that isn't a Dale yeah. or No Dale. So I don't know if you know about the uh, the game that we have, Baz. So basically, 
It's I name three players. Two of them are completely fabricated that don't exist, and one of them right. one of them did play for Rochdale. So you have to get oh, you yeah. have to guess which one did play for Rochdale. Um, so <laughs> okay, so we'll go for we'll go for this one. Okay, so the three names, two of them fabricated. One of them is the real Rochdale player. So number one, um, Tommy Dyson. Number two, George Porter. Or number three, Simon Atkins. Who do you three think is the real Rochdale player? Two. So you're going for number two. Baz is going for George Porter. So the other two options are Tommy Dyson and Simon Atkins. I don't know what you think, Dad and Jim. I'm going to go Simon Atkins. I haven't got a backstory for any of them today. I usually make up one, but Simon Atkins feels feels like he played for... Again, a cheeky spell at the best, Scott, like all of them. You know, play for there Warsaw, cheeky spell. Port Vale, Bradford, Rotherham. Tyson made the Hoover. Yeah. Atkins made the oh, diet. Yeah, Atkinson diet, Dyson, Hoover. That's why them two won it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Where you going? I was trying to make some tedious link with the Porter being some kind of hospital visit and all the you know mm-hmm. horrific injuries and accidents Dale have had over the last few years, but I couldn't think of anything, and I've just given you an insight into how my brain works. So um, <laughs> there we go. Good content, good content. We've just lost four followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> four we didn't need like, anyway. Like, Are you going for that? At, at time uh, of recording, we've uh, lost Porter. Porter. Yeah. I've just unfollowed at all of my secondary accounts. I've unfollowed myself. I've had enough. Who <laughs> are you going for, Deck? Uh, Porter. Okay, okay. Okay, so the real Rochdale player is Porter. So Baz and Deck have won that particular question. I've just got one Destin, more question. And I know never get one right here. This is it. Uh, I know Deck needs to go in a few minutes, but um, we'll, we'll, just, uh, we'll just have another few minutes and then we'll uh, look at wrapping up the episode. Okay, so I saw a list the other day, and I don't know if any of you guys saw this, of the, the current longest-serving players at each Premier League club. I don't know if anybody saw that Ooh. particular screenshot. No, I didn't see it. So, um, this would be interesting. I've got the entire list of everybody from every club in the Premier League. So I'm just going to pick at random. Let's have a look. Okay, okay. so we'll go for West Ham. Uh, who do you guys think is the current longest-serving player at West Ham in the West Ham squad at the moment? Aaron Treswell. Oof. I feel, That's a shout. I feel like Deck. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I think Aaron Creswell's a good I think Aaron Creswell's about right. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah, that's, that's a shout. Right. I, would yeah. have, I would have said Mark Noble, but obviously he's retired. He retired, yeah. Well, you're all right. You're all right with that one. So that's nine years and three months. Wow. So X, well, X, still haven't had any sell-on percentages. Oh, X-Tramier. Ah, I wondered why, why he did that. Yeah. Yeah, could, uh, could Newcastle sign him just to do us a favour? Just a favour. <laughs> <laughs> 100,000, that'll do. Hey, I would have had him in our... Uh, when we first got took over, I would definitely have took him. He's got a lovely left foot. Okay, I'll do one more off this list and then uh, we'll look at wrapping the episode up. Okay. Who's the longest? Uh, ooh, now then. Well, that depends. Is is Seamus Coleman still playing? Yes. Greg, we are He's talking injured. years here, by the way. He, he would be, for me, <laughs> he would be the longest-serving player in the Premier League. possibly longest-serving Premier League player in a continuous club, probably yes. Seamus Coleman. That's, 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 that's correct. He is correct. He's, yeah. He's top, of the, top of the list. Barring yeah. the loan spell yeah, I thought he would be. I would have loved him at Newcastle a few uh, years back. I thought he was one of the best left-backs in the league. Him and Baines on the full-backs were fantastic. 
Yeah, he's spot on actually with uh, James Coleman. He is uh, says fourteen years, eight months. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's signing two thirds. So Paul Dummett must be number two. Yeah, Paul Dummett must be number um, two. He's been around for ages, see. you guys. Ah, so. There's one in between. There's one in between. Right, here's the quiz then. Oh, right, yes. here is it. Yes. Right. Okay, so um, do you want me to give you the club and then you can try and get... Well, Paul Dummett's been at Newcastle all his life. Is it just classed as in first team? First team, I think. I, I, it, must it be, must be, team. mustn't it? It just says first team. So yeah, it must be first um, team. It just says the current yeah. the current right. longest serving player at yeah. each, each Premier League and then it has them in, in order of... Uh, right. You know, first, first, first team from when he's made his first team appearance, yeah. probably. Oh, it could there. be. Yeah. But we've got James Coleman's at the top. That's 14 years, eight months. Right. And then. I go with Hugo Lloris. Not a million miles off. He's, um, he's fifth, no. so you're not a million miles off. Who's he play for? Ah, I'll give you the club and then we can. Yeah. It's, it's a Brighton yeah. player. A Brighton player. Brighton. He's been Lewis there. Oh, Dunk. Lewis Dunk. Lewis Dunk. Lewis Dunk. So, yeah, it's uh, Seamus Coleman. Too easy when you told us yeah, the team. Yeah, maybe like, yeah. should have left it. <laughs> they sell most of their players on the get good, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, obviously, uh, <laughs> Seamus Coleman. And then you're right about the Newcastle lad. Yeah, Paul Dummett is third. That's It says here, 12 years, three months. Is that 12 years, three months? Is that, is in, that in, the, in the In the first team. He's 32. So in the first team, yeah, because he, he came on the scene at about 20. He's about 19, 20. So yeah, that's about right. Wow. And then we've got Joel Ward of uh, Crystal Palace, 11 years, four months. And then just to wow. round off the top five there, as Deck mentioned, Hugo Lloris is Tottenham. I can't believe that. Uh, 11 years, one month, Hugo Lloris. 11 years he's been there. Yeah, I, wow. I can't believe that. But Jesus. Gosh. So yeah, um, that was my... Question round. I'll uh, I'll pass over to Jim if you want, Jim. It absolutely. Um, to finish off, Baz, thank you very much for coming on, my mate. Um, where can we no, find you on social media, just so our listeners can engage <coughs> in more of your content and yourself? Yeah. So if you want to find me on X or Twitter, it's at Bazza with a double Z and an A. So Bazza zero eight zero eight zero eight. Very annoying, but Peter Beardsley was my favourite player with number eight, and I had to put three of them in there to be able to get my account set up. Uh, and on YouTube, through Black and White Eyes, that's the, the YouTube channel if you want to come and have a chat about uh, all Premier League football. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Bazza. And of course, you can follow it certainly again yeah, thank you. on all the social media um, platforms that we are indeed on. Greg, you've got your hand up. Just one more sentence and then we will finish. I sound like Columbo. <laughs> just okay. one more thing, sir. There's just a bit of a, a, a charity. Um, of course. Trying to raise some money for... Uh, a, a friend of the family who's a Blackburn Rovers fan called Lisa. Uh, unfortunately, she, she has um, she's been diagnosed with cancer, which is affecting her lungs, mm. pelvis, and uh, bone marrow. Even sorry. Uh, so there is a just give um, page knocking around that we've tried to put on our Twitter page, and um, I just wanted to crowbar crowbar that in there just so that we can get that some sort of exposure. Uh, I'll try and link that through to our Twitter account again on Facebook. But yeah, she's uh, yeah. Link it to mine as well, and I'll tweet it out. Thank as you well. very much. Yeah, she's. Um, I, I live near Blackburn, so she's one of my misses. It's one of her friends, basically, a friend of the family. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll mm. we'll get that knocking around on Twitter. Hopefully, we can get yeah. a couple of quid in there as well. Sorry about Absolutely. that, Jim. Back to you, Jim. No problem. Don't apologise. I'm fine. We, I completely forgot we'd agree to do that. Um, yeah. So we'll link that in our description on this episode. We'll put obviously all the buzzers 
socials on the episode. We will not put a link to Away Days, the book, on the episode. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Deck. Oh, sorry, Deck. <laughs> you, you, can, you can find yourself... I'm not even on commission. You can find, not even you on can find your soft porn elsewhere. And with that, <laughs> whether your team's top of the Premier League, bottom of the Football League, whether your nation's going to the Euros or it's not, just remember, as always, it's only a game. We're part of the Sports Social Network. Thank you very much for that. Goodbye, everyone, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.